Welcome to HorrorFatal.com. Almost live, where sarcasm goes to the movies and snark watches TV. With your hosts, the Horror Fatal and the Diva Mummy. Adrian? He was a sociopath. He said that I could never leave him. He controlled how I looked and what I wore. Then I was controlling when I left the house. And eventually, what I thought. to be invisible. Are you okay? He's sitting in that chair. You guys, we made it. We made it to 2021, goddammit. <laughs> Hi, I am the Horror Fatale, bringing you only reviews for this podcast. Um, it's basically something that I should have recorded last week, but I really took a break. I took about a whole month of December off because I needed it. <laughs> and I didn't do shit revolving around my site. I watched a bunch of shit, but I didn't write about it, record about it, or anything. I watched it purely for entertainment value. So, 
yay um but i did update the website um as you might know if you follow the site which i hope you do because there'd be no reason for you to be listening to me if you don't but anyway (laughs) um this is going to be my best of list and when i say best that's subjective i don't mean that they were perfect i don't mean that they were great but i will say that they provided me with a tremendous amount of entertainment value even if i didn't really love it i think that these movies that i'm going to talk about um did their job and why by the job i mean they entertained me um i found myself because i guess 2020 was so heavy and it was just so much going on i know like you guys i actually know a a fair amount of people that have had COVID are going through COVID right now and I actually know um I think about six people now at this point that have died from COVID and these are people that I actually know or they're people that I have direct links to so it's 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 been heavy it was a heavy 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 fucking year and so I found myself not in the mood for films that were ultra heavy I didn't want to think I didn't want to um analyze and and I think that's why there are certain movies like The Rental with James Franco that pissed me off because it had a lot of potential in theory and what he was trying to do with it but they took the lazy route of having this fucking open-ended ending and that's just not what I felt we needed I don't want to finish your project I don't want to finish your film I don't want to fill in the blanks. I want you to tell me this is why this maniac is doing this <laughs> or give me some idea don't leave it open-ended right now we're not in the mood for that that shit and I felt like when you do that to me it's it's it becomes lazy it's just lazy (laughs) I had a better word for it but pretentious it's lazy and pretentious and you think you're doing smart horror no you're you're lazy in that shit give us a reasoning for it um and I just feel like they didn't do that they didn't even attempt to do that so it was not that great to me but you had a lot of people high-fiving him and telling him great job I don't um, so I used to do a worst of list, but I decided against doing that a couple of years ago because I read a tweet from Mike Flanagan. Um, you guys, he is the director of The Hunting of Bly Manor, Doctor Sleep, The Hunting of Hill House, Gerald's Game. Um, he did uh, Hush, he did Oculus, he did Ouija. And I follow him on Twitter, and I, I I genuinely think he's a good dude. I like, um, eh, I like some of his work. I like what he's trying to do. I just I've come to the conclusion through last year, some stuff is just just not for me. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dig it. I'm not gonna think it's all great. For Doctor Sleep, if you go back, I guess it's oh two years ago now. Uh-huh. Um, and you check out my podcast I didn't trash Dr. Sleep because it wasn't there wasn't any reason to there was no reason to trash it I felt it was gorgeous one of the most the I mean the shots the cinematography was great the shots 
choices that you know Mr. Flanagan chose were were magnificent. If you if you if that for lack of better words, God, I can't talk right now. Um, I just didn't think it was you know what it should have been or whatever, and and that's basically. I get what he was trying to do. He was trying to resolve, you know, um, Kubrick's vision versus um, King's vision, and he he tried to do that in a very nice way. It it just was it successful again. Subjective. I don't know why I'm talking about Doctor Sleep because that's not what I'm supposed to be talking about. But um, anyway, so I I genuinely like him. He seems like a really nice dude, and he is a lover of horror, and I appreciate that because we need that. And he's tr- a true love a horror and so that's what he does that's his work and so he had he put out a tweet about how works worst of lists were you know unnecessary and they added no value to our genre and he's right and they don't so I stopped I dropped putting the worst but it's not gonna stop me from bitching about something when I see a film during the year when I do a review and it's some trash. I'm gonna say it, <laughs> but I'm gonna try to say it in a constructive way. Um, so that's what I was saying about the rental earlier on my little rant that it had potential, but that ending was just unnecessary and just lazy. And that, that's my gripe with it. It was a lazy, and it made no sense. And you, you he, to me. That negated everything else that was going on that you had good going on with the film because of that ending. You dropped it. You dropped the ball and you just ended it. And so it's just like, did you not know how to end it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That that's what it felt like. And you know, to do that open ended, uh, just as you can tell, really pissed me off. Anyway, moving on. So as I was saying, saying before that is that. I felt like 2020 was so heavy for me personally on that level that I f- I wanted to watch anything that just entertained me and took me out of real life. And so I wasn't really into these the heavier movies like everybody else. So you're not going to find many of those on my list. And I was looking at my list and they're all pretty silly. <laughs> the ones that I like, they were the horror comedies or the satirical horror films that I found were really good. Although as a whole, we didn't get, you know, Halloween Kills and we didn't get my beloved Candyman remake. Um, those movies that we were really, really waiting on because, you know, the theaters are closed because of the pandemic, especially out here. In LA, you I guess you can go to a drive-in somewhere. I think in in like Downey or somewhere. If you're from California, you know, it's like some area <laughs> far where you get in your car and drive and go to you know drive-ins or something. But for the most part, theaters are closed, and so everything was taken off the schedule. Those bigger movies. But what I did know and have found very joyous for me is that horror kind of turned it out. <laughs> we did we kind of turned it out we had many of a premiere and many of movies that came out and in the streaming services kicked ass well done Shudder well done Hulu and well done Netflix um, and Amazon Prime as well they released uh, the Blumhouse mini films this year too so it, it was something to watch 
a lot of things went to video on demand you know there were a lot of indie films well done well done hard we kick ass and amongst those here are my roughly 15 that I liked and I will go by really quickly and tell you why I thought they I dug them on on harfatal.com there is a very 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 more detailed posts where you can find trailers and synopsis and my stars (laughs) what I gave up Um, a couple of these I actually um, rated you know I mean did full reviews on the site so you can look those up there as well and these are in no particular order okay but you I guess from when I start talking you'll know which ones I dug a little bit more <laughs> than the others. We're going to start with The Hunt. The Hunt came out earlier this year, and fortunately, it came out um, when the movie theaters were still open. Um, and so I was actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, this might have been the last film that I actually got to see in the movie theater. It's between this and Invisible Man. I can't remember which one it was I'm pretty sure it was um the hunt it was the last one I got to see in a movie theater because I think I had uh did I have passes I think yeah I think I had press pass for it so I saw it a little a little bit earlier but it did actually make it into the movie theater before uh all hell completely broke loose and we had to shut down yeah because it came out March 13th 2020 and it was an action horror thriller and um it was directed by greg zobel and the the people in it you'll recognize if you watch (laughs) movies and tv because they were pretty known known people there was um, betty gilpin who's in on netflix's glow there was hillary swank oscar winner hillary swank Ike Berkenhoitz, Berenhoitz, I'm sorry, Wayne Duvall was in it, Ethan Suppley, Emma Roberts was in it, I'm trying to get the big, 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 big people, uh, Christopher Berry was in it, um, Amy Madigan was in it, let's see, anybody, big, 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 I think those are the bigger, bigger name, quote, quote, name, names that was in it, um, and what it was, was 12 people, woke up in a clearing in this field they were strangers they didn't know each other um they didn't know where they were they didn't know how they got there and they don't know why they've been chosen but they are being hunted and what it was was a it had originally was supposed to come out like in september of 2019 but i think there was a well i know there was a shooting (laughs) <sighs> 2019 was kind of fucked up too, wasn't it? Um, but there was a shooting, and so it got pushed back to uh, coming out in March. And it came, it did come out. Um, and what it was was people were actually killing. I think they were all supposed to be MAGA lovers or MAGA people of some sort, and that was the reason why they took it out because of the strife that was going on in the real world. Hence the reason why <laughs> this made my list because I saw it earlier before again the strife that went on later in 2020 <laughs> went on the political strife or whatever but it was uh the reason why I made the list is because it it was actually pretty damn good and they were making fun of of 
a lot of things that I believe <laughs> the and I mean by there was the mega crowd making fun of us and pointing out some of our hypocrisies or whatever name they mentioned one guy was really happy that he had had a tweet retweeted by Ava DuVernay which is fucking ridiculous <laughs> you know well I'm not gonna talk about that because mm. anyway but just being retweeted by her was the joy of his and so I understood why they wanted to smack the shit out of these people because those are the kind of people that I would like to smack the shit out of as well and I'm a liberal but anyway um so if you could check it out there's a high body count it's it's it was pretty clever actually and it's written by um Nick Coos and Diamond Lindenoff um it's pretty clever Betty Betty Gilpin you will feel, find yourself rooting for her. Hillary Swank is always Hillary Swank. She's really good in it. There's um, the final battle between these two is a really, really, really good knockout, drag out fight scene. It's pretty good. So that's why it made my list because it entertained me and it was kind of saying some shit that I wanted to say too. Anyway, so we're going to move on. The next one is Invisible Man. And. Ugh. The there are a lot of uh people that didn't like it. I'm not one of them. I I I liked it a tremendous amount. It was uh, not only directed by but written by Leah um Wanell as well. Let's see. Leah some of, um some of Lee, Lee's other work includes uh Saw cooties and upgrade he so and i really i really dug upgrade too you should check that out like um i think two years ago upgrade came out pretty good check it out i also like cooties too by the way so that's his work um invisible man of course stars elizabeth moss oliver jackson cohen harriet dyer um, Aldous Hodge did a very nice job in this. Storm Reed was becoming a little actress. Um, I'm trying to think, is there anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? In there that we need to watch for? Um, I was trying to see who played the brother character. Yeah, Michael Dorman also is in this. And this is when Celia's abusive ex takes his own life and leaves his for leaves her his fortune. She suspects his death was a hoax. As a series of coincidences turns lethal, Cecilia works to prove that she is being hunted by somebody nobody can see. Um, the reason why this to me, as a woman in this world, <laughs> is scary and it it and it's successful is because People tend to make women out when they tell you something is going on to make them out as crazy. And this was perfect. This was a perfect way to make her seem like she's batshit crazy. When, you know, he is, you should see it <laughs> if you haven't. Um, he invents this whole suit that he puts on. And with the help of... I should say spoiler alert, but you should already have seen this shit by now. <laughs> With the help of his uh, brother or whatever, they've faked his death successfully. He's set her up to make her seem absolutely insane. First, he starts like 
you know, moving things and um, sending emails to her sister and just fucking her up, you know, fucking her life up more and more. Um, there he's she's moved in with one of her good friends and he Storm Reads is his daughter and she he slaps the kid around the invisible person and makes it seem like she's abusing, you know, just bad shit. And that's scary to women out in the world is for something to be going on with you and not to be believed. I'm sorry, it's just really that's that's the first you know, that's horrifying for us. And so this film does a really good job of showing that and finally you know in the last act of course she does the thing and she finds her voice and she figures out a way to fight him back but you know it's really sad that she had to uh go through such lengths for people to believe her or whatever and just the fact that he kind of virtually he kind of is it rapey or i don't know what to how to describe what it is because she's preg- he she, he winds up getting her pregnant and it's like when did that happen how did it happen but it's it's kind of rapey you know uh, not a better way to put it but uh that's why invisible man makes the list you should see it if you haven't already um i think it's now on hbo if you have hbo so that's that one and that's the reason why it made my list in no particular order <laughs> And this one I'm really, really happy to talk about. This was, I think, the very first pandemic topic um, horror film of the year. And it came out July 30th in the UK. And it was on Shudder shortly after, if not the same week. And it's called Host. And it's directed by Ron Savage and written by Gemma um Hurley and Rob Savage again. Um, Rob Savage went from this 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 film right here to now having a full on. Um, I think he has a deal with Blumhouse, right? Very well, very well done, well done, sir. Um, I don't know if you'll hear this, but you know he does follow me on Twitter. I follow him back, <laughs> but um, if he hears this, well done. It was truly in in the this is the cool thing about this movie. It was only 57 minutes. And they managed to tell an entire story in its entirety virtually because it was shot during the pandemic. It's the first okay, it was six friends to hire a medium to hold a séance via Zoom during the lockdown. But they get far more than they're bargaining for when things quickly go wrong. So he, I mean, they shot all of this themselves. Not only is the stars of the film, the cast, they're not they're on, are not only acting in the film, but they are, are their own cinematographers. <laughs> well done. Um, he did a really good job of editing all this seamlessly together. And you know what? It was fucking scary. It was one of the rare, one of the rare times. I will say that a lot. It was fucking scary. It really was. I watched it with me and my dog, and we were like jumping and and stuff and everything. I was like, well done, well played. I cannot say how much you need to watch this movie if you haven't already. Borrow a Shutter account. <laughs> um, again, this year is gonna be the year that I'm gonna remember to get a code <laughs> from my people at Shutter to try to give you guys one too, so you can get a discount. Because you need to subscribe to Shutter, Because they are doing some really good work. 
Um, so host may be my favorite of the year if I had to pick one because I can't really I mean to do so much in 57 minutes via zoom virtually and for it to just be the success that it was well done role play Rob Savage role play um I have a very much more cogent <laughs> and um review at horrorfatel.com so it it brought the scary to quarantine it in that much needed fun that we needed. Again, well played. The next one on my list is Vampires versus Brook versus the Bronx. Uh-huh. Yeah. This one was made me happy as a child of the 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 late eighties and the early nineties because this one immediately um takes you back to if you were a lost boys kind of person kind of chick that was i <laughs> if you were that same person then you will feel me this one is called vampires versus the bronx and technically it's a pg-13 and it's a comedy horror and it came out in october and it's an hour and 25 minutes and it is directed by Osamami Rodriguez, and he's also the writer of the screenplay. And the cast of young people um, included Jaden Michael, Gerald Jones III, Gregory Diaz IV, Sarah Gordon, Method Man was in this, Coco Jones, um, the kid Mero from um, Daisy Mero. I don't know if you watched, if you guys watched that. Chris Red, Chris Red did some some work turned out some work this year because he's also on another one that I'm going to mention a little bit later and Zoe Zandana makes a cameo um but these young people they're all um little I mean they're kids of color they're Dominican they're Puerto Rican and um they're Afro they're all Afro-Cuban they're Afro Latino and that's what you know that borough is about man the book down bronx is what they used to call it when i was a little <laughs> i don't know if they call it that anymore but um it's a group of young friends from the bronx fight to save their neighborhood from gentrification and vampires so it was really cool to experience you know the flavor of the bronx if you've never been to new york you should go <laughs> after the plague is over but um my family lives in queens but know a little bit about the Bronx <laughs> um so you had um these kids that are basically doing the same thing that you know movies like the Monster Squad the Lost Boys Stand By Me even the Sandlot you know fighting you know crime in their neighborhoods or vampires or monsters slaying and you know that kind of thing and you had a bunch of those movies you know in recent years there was like Summer of 88 and Super 8 but you know these kids having these adventures i'm just gonna say it were all the white kids this film had the same kind of vibe let's jump on your bike garb your flashlight and go solve a crime but they were little black kids and little afro latino kids and and black kids and you know we don't get that representation so this film served two purposes it was a fun funny film and it was important especially during 2020 in this year where I think hopefully we're coming to a reckoning and things will get better and you'll see you know more people 
you know, that is representative of the entirety of America and not just one segment. Um, these little kids are really good. I don't keep calling them little kids. They're young, young people. They're like 14 or whatever. So, but they're young people and they do really good with, with this. I was very happy and very pleased. Um, and again, it's, it's PG-13. So it's not necessarily targeted for my old ass, but my niece liked it. She's 13. She liked it and got that whole Lost Boys vibe that I got at 13. Um, so well done, well played. The more detailed uh, uh, reviews on here, and also I got a chance to uh, actually have an interview with uh, um, Oz Rodriguez and the little kids in the uh, in the film. I don't know why I want to call them a little. I'm so old. Everybody's a little kid that's not 20. <laughs> but um you can read why they did the film why um Mr. Rodriguez decided he wanted to do this film and you know what the how the kids felt about being in it it's on com. really really detailed and a good breakdown of um the ins and outs and why's this film was made in the first place so that's why it made my list it's a good pretty good vampire flick you know there's there's they do some nice stuff with the lore which is always important okay now this one is probably running a close second to host and they may be side by side on the same tier of like it them for me and it came out uh the end of the year of just about um and it's freaky <laughs> it's rated r it's an hour and 42 minutes it's a comedy horror thriller came out in november in the theaters and on um streaming services later um i don't know how many people went to the theater i didn't check but again you could enjoy it from your own home <laughs> after swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent um it's directed by chris landon who also co-wrote it with michael kennedy it stars vince vaughn katherine new newton celeste o'connor Maisha Olsevich, emily holder nicholas stranger let's see strange jail star jail sorry um, Kelly Lamar Wilson and I'm trying to see if there's anybody else that we would know no there isn't um, this was well played this is kind of what uh, I'm going to high five Vince Vaughn because I think he kind of needed this <laughs> um, he's you know he started off having like this really really successful career as he should have because I really think he it was funny at some point but I think um, I don't know it seemed like somewhere something took a turn and I know he got arrested a couple of times for um drunk driving so I think he was kind of getting derailed a little bit if I'm not mistaken or it could have just be what I was seeing but um you know he came back and he was in this film called Seaburg and then I know he was I watch um Curb Your Enthusiasm I don't know if you guys do or not but he came on there playing um Freddie Frankhauser <laughs> Marty Frankhauser's uh nephew i think because we had to the, you know i don't know if you know this but the previous guy actually passed away in real life so i think that was the way that they were trying to figure out how to you know deal with that character being gone 
but freaky was needed for him <laughs> i was just gonna say that because it made you remember why you like vince vaughn in the first place um Catherine Newton, who plays the the main character in it, when she does the body swap, she's very good. She went from being this harmless, kind of this harmless little teenage girl to being a psychotic killer and did it really well, very convincingly. Um, the the two best friends, the Celeste O'Connor, who plays Nyla, and uh, Maisha Olshevich, who plays um, Josh, he is absolutely fantastic. I really, 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 really... <laughs> really 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 like this kid <laughs> um i cannot wait to see what else um he's in i know he was in um nasratu and the goldfinch or whatever um but it's still early but i, I think he's gonna do well he's really he was really funny in this movie um anyway so it's it's basically as it says in the title it's a play on freaky friday and all those the body swap films from the past um but you know with her killing people so it was very dire that you need to get your get get your body swapped back and um some good kills some interesting kills there's a kill involving um freezing a girl to death and she dropping apart and shattering <laughs> i was like oh cool <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but I thought it was really cool. One of the coolest kills I think I've seen in a while. Um, um, so it makes the list because it's very entertaining, extremely. Um, the dialogues between the characters are really, really fun. You'll just have a good time with it. You'll have a good time with this movie. Again, we needed it. And it came out like right after the election. Oh, Lord, thank you. <laughs> it was like, thank you. Something to keep my mind moving and on other things. Uh, speaking of, woo, child. <laughs> here's here's another one that made the list. And I, I, I think a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people like this one. And they didn't dig it as, as much. I think I did because I understood what they were trying to do. And it's antebellum. And it was an R-rated, and it came out for it was came out in September eighteenth, twenty twenty. Um, it was a drama horror mystery. It was directed by Gerald Bush and Christopher Rentz. They also wrote it. It starred Janae Monet, Eric Lange, Jenna Malone, um, Gabrielle Sidibe. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else. There is a lot of other people. But those are the quote-unquote name names. Um, Jenna Malloy was really disturbing in this. <laughs> anyway, um, so what happens is successful author Veronica Healy, played by um, Janae Monet, finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. Um, it, it had a very... Um, What's his name? Mike M. Night Shyamalan. What is wrong with me? I'm, I I said I was going to record these things, you know, at a, on a schedule so my brain won't have relaxed, but it's already 3.30 where I am right now. <laughs> so my brain is clearly relaxed and, and thinking about <laughs> um, what I'm going to eat for dinner. Anyway, so it had an M. Night Shyamalan kind of feel to it. Um... 
and what they were trying to do was basically she she um flashes back and forth one moment she's in the antebellum south as a slave and the next moment she's in reality and she's this like she said this author this really successful author with a family and living her best life and you go back and forth and you know not to spoil you but you should again you should probably have seen this before now um she's not actually you know in the south it's just they've been capturing people and bringing them to a plantation and I know a, a lot of people are like oh that could never happen but dude I wouldn't I would have never thought we would elect a fucking game show host but we did for four fucking years you know and oh I'm not even gonna get on the rant that I could get on with that dude but anyway um so the fact that you know they believed that they were still on a plantation it doesn't shock me it had the whole vibe of the village um and not Shyamalan's the village from back in the day same thing you know but the difference was these people had decided to go into this hillside and make it pretend like it was I can't even remember what year it was the olden days with their family because they didn't want to deal with what was going on in the outside world but this is much sicker because they're capturing black people to live out their fucking um slave one to own its fantasies I don't even fucking call that or whatever and as a person of color that shit's scary as a black woman in America that's a scary concept hence the reason why it's it's a horror movie and like I said I know a lot of people didn't dig it a lot of people I I have to be some of the people that um rate things on IMDb y'all are the worst I say what I say y'all are some y'all are some fucking garbage people (laughs) anyway um so if you if you're in that mindset to check it out it's it's a good time to check it out um i think again because 2020 was so fucking heavy and we had a lot of um you know racist reckoning going on in the country it might not people might not have been in the mood for it and i get it but um it made my list because it made my list so whatever deal with it (laughs) um moving on the next one is the wolf of snow hollow i don't know why people seem to there are a lot of people that did like this movie but i did um it's it could have been better yeah it could it could have been a lot better (laughs) actually but i understood what they were trying to do with it um it is already it's an hour and 23 minutes which i appreciate i'm starting to really appreciate shorter movies get to the fucking point don't drag this shit out get to the point but it was a comedy horror thriller it came out in um early october it was directed by jim cummings it was written by jim cummings and he also stars along with the late robert forrester rest in peace um ricky londell chloe east will men anthony hamilton and jimmy tartro who i've seen another some stuff before but i really really dig this person's voice his voice is he has an amazing voice to me i just like to hear him talk <laughs> i know he was in uh 2020 um 20 20 22 jump street so trying to say 21 jump street but he was in 22 jump street and he's um 
like in other little things here and there, but he's a really good voice. <laughs> so, more him. Just talk. Very, we're, we're, just say some stuff. You should have a radio show. Um, anyway. Um, so what it is, was terror grips a small mountain town as bodies are discovered after each full moon. Losing sleep, raising a teenage daughter, and caring for an alien father. Officer Marshall struggles to remind himself that there's no such thing as werewolves. Eh, he's right. There's no such thing as werewolves. This is just a sick person going around killing people. Um, it's a comedy because he is, he kind of reminds me of Charlie Brown. <laughs> like, everything he does is, is wrong, but he has good intentions, but it, it just fucks up and it doesn't go well <laughs> for him at all. Jim Cummings... Like I said, he wrote, directed, and starred in this or whatever. Let's see. His, his previous work, um, I think this might have been his, his, uh, his, no, he has more. I thought, I thought it was his big thing. He has some more stuff that I haven't seen, some shorts or whatever. Um, yeah, this was his big, his big moment. Well done. Well done. Because he's, he's, he's. He's sufficient in this. He kind of blunders his way through a lot of things and a lot of things happening. So it'll be kind of interesting to see where he goes from this. But basically, it's it's very small towny. Um, has that that small town vibe in it? And like I said, they all blunder their way through it. But with one, if not for the one lady, um, the one lady detective, played by Ricky Lindholm, who um is in. She's in Knives Out. She's in the Last House on the Left. She's in My Best Friend's Girl. She's in um, the Lego Batman movie. So she's she's been working. This girl, this woman. Sorry, I'm trying to get used to that because <laughs> I know people don't want to be called girls. I get it. Um, but she's the one smart person <laughs> on the force or whatever, and so she manages because she's diligent to wind up at the very end. I'm gonna tell it. She winds up being sheriff because she should be. But um, I think this may have been Robert Forrester's last movie, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, he has something else coming out that I, I guess probably got filmed and shot for his untimely death. But he was also in uh, he was in the episode of Amazing Stories too. Um, also came out last year on Apple TV streaming service and. I was so excited <laughs> about Amazing Stories. I'm not going to bitch and complain too much. It just, it didn't live up to the first uh, seasons, the original. It was okay, but it wasn't what I wanted. Um, I don't know if it'll be, a, if they'll get another shot at it or not. I'm not even sure that they should. <laughs> it just didn't have the same vibe. And I, I'm not sure why, because I think it's pretty much the same people. So, yeah. Yeah, it's still Amblin, Amblin TV. They just, it didn't, there was a couple here and there. I might do a, um, a podcast about those. I might, I don't know. I got a whole year to go. <laughs> we got a whole year. We got a lot of stuff to try to cover. Um, Moving on. This one is Possessor. And it was a little, it was one of the ones that I think a lot of people really, really dug. And I liked it just for the concept of it. And so it makes the list as well. 
it's possessor it was an hour and 43 minutes could have been shorter but <laughs> but it was a horror sci-fi and thriller it came out in early october as well and it was a brandon cronenberg as the writer and director and we know who brandon cronenberg is right we all do we know we know we know who's 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 related to <laughs> um sorry Okay, so he's also done. He also did any viral um, a couple of years ago. Please speak. Please speak continuously and describe your experience as they come. Before that, uh, let's see. I think he's he. Um, I'm trying to see if he he he's. Well, okay. I was trying to see if he had 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 worked on any of his father films, but it's not. I don't really, I can't readily find it. But he is the son of uh, David Cronenberg, you know, of The Fly and Dead Ringers. And um, he also was in, you know, David Cronenberg was also in my favorite Jason's of Jason's movies. <laughs> my favorite um, Friday the 13th movie, which was Jason X. I will not rant and tell you how much that movie does not get the due it deserves, but you know. Okay, so anyway, this is Brandon, the son, who directed Possessor, and it stars stars my slow, slowly moving um, computer with my notes. Um, <laughs> Gabrielle Graham, Hannah Talbert, Mark Gallick, Daniel Park, and the star, the star star, as Talza, Talia Voss is um, Andrea Risenborg. Risenborough. Um she's an English actress and I'm trying to gather up where you would know her from. She was in Mandy with Nicolas Cage, you guys remember that for a couple of years ago. She was in Oblivion, she was in Birdman, she was in let's see, um The Grudge that came out early earlier this year that I rented about early this year early last year I'm sorry I rented about how awful it was <laughs> so I'm not even gonna discuss it we're gonna pretend it doesn't exist because it was terrible um so she's around put that way she has she has work other work or whatever and in, in this movie what um it also had uh Jennifer Jason Lee in it and I hadn't seen Jennifer Jason Lee in a, in a long time she might be still working but I don't know I, I can't rightly tell you something that she's been in. Oh, she was in Hateful Eight. Yeah, she was. Okay, there you go. But, um, you know, she's a single white female in Dolores Claiborne and all those movies from back in the day that we all like. Anyway, so Possessor, she plays, um, I think her name is Grider or something or whatever. Um, and she's like the CEO of this company that goes into what happens is um Tasa Voss is like a secret agent and she goes into this machine that they have set up and they take over bodies and she takes over these bodies to execute people or to assassinate people so it's it's very cool the concept uh, Professor follows an agent who works for a secretive organization that uses brain implant technology to inhabit other people's bodies 
ultimately driving them to commit assassins for high paying clients um the concept is cool as hell it's it's very cool um but what happens of course because again it is a horror she kind of gets trapped in there (laughs) she gets trapped in one of her one of her bodies and she can't get out and so it's kind of an edge on the seat thing because you kind of want to see how she's going to get out of this or whatever there's a high body count of course because she's an assassin but um just kind of watching her desperation here and there is very sad actually <laughs> you feel bad for her um it's one of those kind of ishis open entity not really kind of endings or whatever because you, you you try to figure out what you believe you know and I'll, again I don't want to spoil you because this is fairly new and you can still watch it if you haven't seen it um you kind of you you want to know whether okay what which part was real you know what I'm saying so I think that's why it's kind of enjoyable in that way so that's why it made the list for me (laughs) um Uncle Peckerhead I know you're like what the fuck (laughs) this is like one of those smaller indie kind of vibes that clearly did not have a huge budget um I dug it (laughs) I I really did I I thought it was um well played um under Uncle Puckerhead came out in August it's a comedy horror and music film and it was our it's rated TVMA it's hour and 37 minutes it's directed and written by Matthew John Lawrence um who has done again smaller smaller shorts or whatever and this is this is uh i don't think it had a huge it didn't have a huge budget clearly um (laughs) but it and it didn't have a, a big studio behind it either but it's well done for a small small film it's um when a punk band scores their first tour Life on the Road proves tough when they're joined by a man-eating demon as a roadie. Um, it stars Mike Lawrence, um, David Littleton, Chet Siegel, um, and Ruth Loya, who um, who make up a, the band, and David Littlefit is Uncle Peckerhead. And he was really he, he was really solid. This David Littleton person, and I looked him up, and he doesn't have a whole lot of work. He was um uh, he was in the signal in the art department in the signal um and he's only acted in shorts so he he's well done because he does a really good job with this um it's funny it has it's 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 funny where it's, where it should be it has a very high body count it has a lot of blood um the three young actors in it are are very good at each one of their parts they did a pretty good job of fleshing any of them out and i enjoyed the music in it as well i'm not sure if they were actually singing or not if they were really well done <laughs> but he he comes on you know because they want to go on tour with other little small indie vans and uncle peckerhead is kind of down on his luck so he offers to drive them on a tour um and he does and they find out that he's actually insane and he kills and eats people i think he's a they're just they're calling him a man eating demon 
So I don't know. He looked more were more werewolfy to me. <laughs> Especially he he does all this around midnight. So I think he's aware, but they didn't want to call him that. So um you can check that one out also. I think it, you can stream it if you have Prime, Amazon Prime. It's right there for free for you to stream and enjoy. And it's it's like I said, it's only like an hour and thirty minutes. It's pretty well done. I think you'll enjoy it. It's entertaining. So it's one of my indie endings that made my list. This brings me to another um, funny streamable one, and that scare me, which is currently on Shutter. Um, I really liked this one as well. Um, I have a whole review over at horrorfatel.com, and I, I always disclose I have a little bit of a um, relationship with Shutter, so I I get to see things free and all that good stuff. Um, Scare Me to me was a total entertaining wink to like horror writers because you know the the, the leader in the movie the lead guy um, played by Josh Rubin who actually also wrote and directed it and Aya Cash and Chris Red remember I mentioned him earlier um, plays a writer who is kind of just like the everyday guy he's frustrated but he he wants to write this great horror novel and he's been putting it off and procrastinating and he meets um Aya Cash who plays Fanny who is a successful writer and she's smug kind of about it and it just kind of fuels his insecurities or whatever and then there's a big power outage and so they you know Fanny challenges Fred um to a scary story contest what was cool about it was is because that's all it was it was two actors telling the story and setting the scene they never you know jump cut to actually what they were saying happening or whatever and there was nobody putting those visuals out there it was just them use us you know the viewers like using our imaginations and just watching these two actors perform and you got to give them credit for that because they pull it off really with ease and really well um no it's not perfect I, I um I complained about it originally about it being a little too long one of the stories in there could have been cut out <laughs> we could have went on to something else but uh you know uh I had tipped Chris Red who plays a piece of delivery guy and this Rebecca Drysdale lady who plays an Uber driver because they make their mark in the film and they have the least amount of screen time of anybody in the film and they but they are clearly seen um you can read a better account of what i just told you at horrorfacel.com and watch the trailer and i think if i'm not mistaken i might still have a code on there for you to do your trial but it is streaming out on shutter if you happen to have it it made my list the next one is okay i'm gonna fuck this up because <laughs> my Spanish is fucking terrible and it's Masayana 32 um I really like this one because um it it comes from uh Spain originally and it's an hour and 44 minutes it's horror it came out in Spain like early last year last January and it is directed by Albert Pinto 
and written by Ramon Campos and Gemma Arnero. And it stars. Again, I'm going to really, really mess up these names and I apologize. I hate when people mess up my name. So I probably should have practiced. Bonigla Fargus, Ivan Marcos, Bea Sagarrio, and Sergio Castellanos. And Jose Luis de Madringa. Ooh, that was bad. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, this movie is about a family that moved from a new house to live a dream of living in a big city. A house where dreams turn into nightmares. That's putting it mildly. Um, I thought it was a perfectly executed haunted house. And you, you guys know I love a haunted house. I love a ghost story. So this is the reason why I dug it. Um, it too went on a little too long. I think if they had shaved off at least about 15 minutes and got to the point, <laughs> you might have been, you might have, it might have been even better. But uh, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in this. Not only is the the house being hunted and for one reason or another, but there's a twist for the reason why the poltergeist or the entity in the house is there and pissed off. And again, I'm not going to totally spoil you, but um, it was um, it's a little crying gamey. <laughs> oh, how about that? That's a nice a nice way to put it. Um, it's also playing right now on Shudder. So give it a little watchy again if you have Shudder. Triggered is the next one on the list. And I can't believe that people hadn't heard about this one <laughs> this one was really and one again once again it's like an interesting concept it had a saw vibe to it triggered is an hour and 34 minutes and it's listed as an action comedy horror um get down it's also on prime video nine high school old high school friends quote unquote have a five year reunion camping in the forest they all have their secrets the old science teacher straps a time bomb on each of them killing another one giving one their time last one lives it's like a the sickest game of tag ever <laughs> and it had a it, it had a good vibe to it because the concept was really good and you had to figure out whether you were going to go completely lord of the flies and kill your quote-unquote buddy but you find out who your friends are very quickly it's directed by Alistair Orr and let's see Alistair I think this is Alistair's first work no I was wrong well yeah it's his first his first his first big thing oh wow cool he um was in vehicle he got a special thanks for vehicle 19 and I don't know what that would be for but anyway <laughs> um and it starred Renee Stewart, Russell Cross, Leah Ayers, Cameron Scott, Stephen John Ward, and Paige Bonnet. And I don't think any of these people are, um, you know, that well known. This might be their little thing because this is this is kind of an indie, if you will. But um, I think it, it it's very effective because. Um, you have to figure out. Oh, it's 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 out of South Africa. That's it. That's why. Um, that's why we don't readily know a whole lot of the actors in it. Anyway, um, 
it makes you realize how far you'll go to live and if you have good intentions or whether you you know you know thinking is kind of out of the window and people are quick to go lord of the flies they're quickly to go savage you know when it comes to surviving better than you know morals and everything go out the window when a bomb strapped to you <laughs> um it had some funny it had some really funny moments here and there you'll chuckle a little bit um as well so again that's on amazon prime you can check that out as um well this one is speaking of the woods nobody sleeps in the woods tonight <laughs> this one also is uh from um let's see where is this one from this one also is uh is a was a foreign you know film it um came from argentina and i'm not going to try to do the original um not argentina why did i say that <laughs> anyway i'm not even going to try to um pronounce the original name but it's an hour and 42 minutes a horror thriller it's translated to no one sleeps in the woods tonight it's a slasher film where a group of teenagers arrive at a survival clamp where they clash with two deformed cannibals so it has the classic tropes of many of the you know apologize the dog is getting out of hand no ma'am it has the uh, classic you know go in the woods and get killed stalked by the you know the crazy people um thing um very old school you know uh vibe to it um so the parents basically sent them there because they're hooked on technology and they want them to go to camp where it's offline <laughs> so they don't get their they don't get to keep their phones or anything so they can't radio for help or whatever so basically it's just you know kind of this cat and mouse game to see who's going to survive how they're going to work together to to live or whatever um some pretty gnarly kills in it it's 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 and it had some funny moments you know um so that's why that one made my list and let's see i want to see if you i wanted to see what country it came from because um if you watch it on net um not netflix if you watch it on um the streaming service it has translation well it has the uh american english voices coming out of the faces so if that doesn't bother you you'll be fine it's on netflix i'm trying to i wanted to see real quick what country it actually uh is in is it poland where are these where is this country which country is it i just know i can't i can't pronounce the uh the the actual name of the film it's not telling me uh, <laughs> I really wanted to tell you guys I don't know why I'm so in, wanted to tell you guys what country this film came from anyway but it did make the list and it is on streaming on Netflix right now so you can check it out there if you have Netflix and I think pretty much everybody does right ah Poland okay okay so it has a polish title that i can't pronounce <laughs> um so we're on the the last but certainly not least um i liked this film i did not love this film i wanted to really love this film but i didn't 
it's problematic in a couple of ways and I'm not even going to take time to point out why because <laughs> I just want to because I'm exhausted with pointing out the reason why things are rotten <laughs> but um but I know that the director writer didn't come from that place of, of it trying to be I just I, I had a little bit of a um problems with a little bit of it but anyway this is written and directed by Justin Simeon and um he is from Dear White People he um and I think the film and the TV show as a matter of fact he's he's both of those from both so okay so that tells you who he is and it stars Zaria Kelly, Corinne Messiah, Ellen Lorraine, Jay Par- uh, Farrow, Moses Storm, let's see, Madeline Bryan, James Vanderbeek is in it, Lena Waithe is in it, um, Yanni King Masashin, Judith Scott's in it, Vanessa Williams is in it, Kelly Rowland's in it, Tiffany Black's in it. I'll make sure I got everybody. <laughs> um, and I think Usher shows up in it. I can't yeah Usher's in it <laughs> um not playing Usher but he's in it anyway in 1989 an ambitious young woman gets a weave in order to see in the image obsessed world of music television however her flourishing career may come to a a great cost when she realizes that her new hair may have a mind of his own um when I was reading that description I forgot um Oh gosh, I had a point. Oh, Blair Underwood's in it as well. Michelle Hurd's in it, and I wanted to mention MC Lights in it, and Laverne Cox and Robin Thede. Okay, I think I got everybody that wanted to go. I the reason why I I, I didn't love them love it as much is because I don't think the execution was quite there. I know what they were trying to do, but the 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 execution just didn't make it all the way through. It has um some good music <laughs> I really dug the music it kind of made me feel like I was in 1989 I think that's the reason why um I liked it as much as I did like it because it does take you back there's a, a show uh called 106 and Park we used to watch I mean back in the day that was on BET which was our you know version of um TRL was just on it um which was on um MTV and there's another show too that used to come on there was a couple of shows that used to come on BET like this in this concept or whatever not really your MTV raps or whatever but just different well you'd have these video hosts where they would host these videos and tell you what you know the countdown of what was going on so I missed that because I actually missed 90s music <laughs> um our shit was good I'm sorry but um the movie's not scary and I don't really think it's supposed to be but it has you know the horror elements in there or whatever because there's some kills there's some possession that kind of thing going on they do something with a lore that I had never really um, heard of before I don't know I'm going to look it up because I, I was going to look it up when I was watching the movie to find out whether this lore that they have was real about this hair being you know this hair was taken from other people and 
Um, so it possessed you and you know you were feeding the hair it was just a lot going on I know that's why I'm, I'm getting discombobulated telling you because it was kind of disjointed all the stories that they were trying to tell with it I think if they had a stuck to just the lore you know the lore of the hair that somebody else's hair put in on your head possessed you that might have made a little bit more sense but then they got they just got into a lot it was a lot trust me um it wasn't funny ha 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 like I think it was supposed to be the f the funny ha 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 moments came in the form of Lena Waithe sorry about that my dog started playing with her toy in the middle of that um the Lena Waithe is really funny in this um She's, I think she's funnier than most of the people in the cast, and I'm, I'm sure that was her job. But her character is really funny, and she does a really nice job with the levity. Um, so that was Bad Hair, and it's currently streaming on Hulu. So those are 15 of the movies that I watched in 2020 that gave me some entertainment and some joy and a little chuckle here and there. Um, like I said, I wasn't. I just was not in the mood for the heavier movies. I know a lot of people um, were talking about what is it, the light in the dark, and uh, yeah, books of blood were really good. His house is really good. Run is really good. Um, Come play was really good. Um, let's see. I'm trying to make sure. <clears throat> I didn't really like the Dark and the Wicked. Um, yeah, I, I, it was it was too depressing for me. I, I, th I actually fell asleep once time. Um, the Mortuary Collection's pretty good. Um, I also, um, there was a t Tales from the Hood 3 that was actually pretty good. Like I said, His House um, was pretty good. Complay was good. Run was good. Books of Blood was good. Uh, let's see. I want to make sure that I mention a few more that you guys can go out and rent if, if you're still looking for stuff to watch. I think... <laughs> sorry I think this year has just you know like I said there was a lot there was a lot of like real life stuff going on so I tended for me to just be really into the 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 silliest movies Shudder <clears throat> once again had a very good Halloween animated holiday and they did a really good um holiday special that's playing out it was a unconventional mini movie <laughs> um that was pretty good um that's playing now did I mention Tales from the Hood yeah Tales from the Hood <laughs> said that a hundred times it was it was actually also pretty good there was a wrestle wrestle massacre the that was an Indian small that you should pick up it was pretty good it was silly it was the concept I wasn't mad at it um let's see what else uh, I think that's all I can think of off the top of my head. This is the longest one I've ever done. <laughs> and I'm sure it was a reveling mess. But like I said, you can find all the trailers and all the synopses of this list on com right now. And I'm just going to bid you guys an adieu. And hopefully 2021 is the year that I get better at this. I'm going to try to stay as consistent as I can. But I really did need that break that I took for a long time <laughs> um so 
once again I'm going to ask you guys to follow me on the socials and like and subscribe this current podcast on iTunes Stitcher, Google Play um, I'm supposed to be on Amazon uh, podcast service as well they're having problems with getting the podcast to work over there so hopefully that'll get rectified soon let's see what else what else oh I told you to follow me on the platforms and didn't give you how you could do that that's that's probably that probably needs to happen isn't it you can follow me at the horror on instagram and at twitter at horror until next time you guys i hope you guys have a really safe successful less stressy less fucked upy just have a really really good 2021 and i will see you guys next week well looks like another year's bit the dust that's time for you eerie today gaunt tomorrow (laughs) you can't let it get you down you gotta do what i do throw a killer party Though old cadavers tend to rot, they're all good friends of mine. I throw a party New Year's Eve for stiffs of every kind. Dead kings and queens and movie stars and politicians too. They all are SVP for my outrageous New Year's do. The champagne flows and bubbles pop. Capote hugs Babe Ruth. While Lincoln does the bunny hop with actor John Wilkes Booth. J. Edgar Hoover's having fun, but causing some to stare. He showed up in Ginger Rogers' gown and waltzed with Fred Astaire. Richard Dixon's here this year, and he's adjusted well. He just announced he's running for vice president of hell. But Elvis Presley came and went. He had to get to bed. He says it really wears him out, not knowing if he's dead. And old John Wayne is still a duke. He swaggered in, of course. He punched up Stalin, Genghis Khan, and Wild Bill Hickok's horse. Hey, look out, folks. There's JFK romancing Jackie O. And here's Onassis walking in with Marilyn Monroe. You know what makes this bash so great, kitties? It's the one party that everybody shows up at eventually. (laughs) I tell you, creeps, we're not getting older, we're just getting deader. Five, four, three, two, one, Happy New Year! Should old cadavers be forgot and never brought to mind? 
every year with stiffs of every kind. There'll be musicians, businessmen, and Hall of Famers too. They all are SPP for my cadaverous new year's too. <laughs> Happy New Year. Thank you, Di Lombardo. Thank you, boys. They all are SVP for my cadaverous New Year's Are you still here, creeps? The crypt is closed.